Hey, guess what? Right now, as we speak, I'm getting a new dishwasher at my house because it broke two weeks ago, and I've been hand-washing every single dish. It's really awful. So if you want to know what you want to get your mom for Mother's Day, go home and wash all the dishes, even if you have a working dishwasher. That will just make her day. Um, so I'm really excited. Mom life, guys. I'm really excited for my new dishwasher. Um, okay, so the past few weeks, we have been talking about discipleship. Um, and what it looks like to be a follower of God. And so we have talked about all the different uh, facets of it. So talking to God, um, praying, listening to God, reading your Bible, um, because those are the two most pivotal things in any relationship, right? Speaking to someone and listening to them, getting to know them, spending time with them. And then we've talked about community, how we are not meant to live this life alone. We are meant to live life with others Um, And then last week we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, and no, it is not a coconut. Um, And so we've talked about how the fruit will come out as an aspect of your faith in God, and that is only through God's power. So today we are talking about becoming who you are. In other words, becoming the person that Christ has named you. Um, So it's kind of vague, but we'll unpack it. Um, So something that we need to realize is that the gospel is so much more and so much deeper than we think. So um, y'all have read the books or seen the movie Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? Maybe all but like 1%. Um, So the gospel is like a wardrobe. And let me me explain this. So for the 1% of you that don't know the story, there's these four kids that go into this new home and they play hide and seek. And so then the little girl goes into a room and she finds this wardrobe. So she goes in there to hide and she discovers this whole new world, magical world called, not called Narnia. So this wardrobe, what looks simple and basic on the outside, is in fact a doorway to something much bigger, to a whole new world. And so the gospel, what may seem simple, um, is in fact much more life-changing than we initially think. So we may think it's like a simple story, right? We know the facts. We know Jesus came down to earth. He is fully God, fully man. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. After three days, he raised from the dead, defeating death. And now if you believe in him, you have eternal life, right? That is the gospel. If you're doing impact, hope you have that down. Um, But it's so much more than that because at the core, the gospel affects us and changes us or should change us so much. And if we really believe all of that, not just knowing in here, but believing in our heart, then we should be completely altered and changed from this experience. So it doesn't just end with Jesus ascending back to heaven. I mean, you still have a good fourth of the Bible left, right? And what is the rest of it? It's the Christian life. How do we, how do we move forward now with this new life we have and this new belief we should supposedly have? So now we need to become who we really are, the person that Christ has named you. And notice I didn't say will name you, because if you're a believer, Christ has given you a new name. He has given you a new identity. He's called you a new creation. So I'm no longer just me. That is not my identifier. The past mistakes don't define me. My future mistakes don't define me. My accomplishments don't define me. Christ does. And now I am called a child of God. That is my identity. So while I may still struggle in the flesh, I may still sin, I am human every day, my slate is being constantly wiped clean by the blood of Christ so that now I can be called holy and righteous before God. And my focus is now on who I am in Christ and who I will finish becoming in heaven. 
So Ephesians 2 says this, By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So it's like we're already there. Our old self is gone and now our new life is with already with Christ, even though we're also still here. Um, so over time we become more and more like Christ. We are constantly being sanctified and growing into the person that Christ has already called us. So in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul also says, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in the past, which you stand present, and which you are being saved, present, future. So not only were you justified and saved, but we are constantly being sanctified. So you might still be here, but you're also there. You're also looking to the end of what you're growing into every day. You're looking to this completion that we'll have with Christ. I mean, think about like a butterfly and a caterpillar. Um, those are two different things, right? But they're also kind of not because the, the caterpillar turns into the butterfly, right? So whenever you see a cocoon, how do you identify it? Do you think there's a caterpillar in there or a butterfly? Because when I look at it, I see both, really. Because you think, oh, a caterpillar went in there, he made his cocoon, and he's transforming into a beautiful butterfly or moth, but who cares about moths? Um, but then I also look at it, and I think, oh, my goodness, there's a beautiful butterfly in there. And when it comes out, it's going to be awesome to look at, again, if it's not a moth. Um, but so I identify them as both things. And so while we are still here, we are still sinners, we are still struggling, we also are looking at this new identity that we have as a believer, and we're transforming more every day into the image of Christ. So we may not fully be there yet, but we are getting there. So I think Ephesians does an excellent job of encouraging us in this. And honestly, I would just encourage you to go home and read Ephesians 4 through 6, because it's awesome. But we'll read a few verses of it. So Ephesians 4 verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling for which you have been called. And verse 22, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Then Ephesians 5, 8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making use the best use of the time. So Paul says, now live out this new life that Christ has given you. You are now children of the light, so walk as children of the light. Walk as child of God, as the person that Christ is saying that you are. Not who you used to be, not who you will be when there is no sin in the world, but who you are right now, pressing on towards that, even through temptations, knowing that Christ will give you the power to conquer any of that. Knowing that we are being continually sanctified, made new, wiped clean, progressively stepping into this new identity that we have. Um, I mean, think back to Narnia. Those four kids were just simple school children, right? But then when they stepped into Narnia, they were actually kings and queens. And it took them a while to transform into that. But when they went there, that's what they were. Um, so as we attempt to walk in, in this, it's daunting. It's big shoes to fill. I mean, how do we all of a sudden live this new life and stop doing the other things we used to do and all of a sudden desire to do the good things? Um, 
But we have to remember that this only comes from the power of, of the Lord. And he does the work in you over time. We just have to have faithful persistence. So how do we walk as children of the light? Well, it's exactly what we've been talking about these past weeks, spending time with God, immersing yourself in his word, talking to him, living life alongside others who are going to push you and keep you accountable. So let me ask you this. Do you believe who you are, who God says you are? Do you believe that? And are you actively living that out in your life? So we have to make every effort in our faith. Um, we have to put our mind into stepping into this new life. It's not just something that you're going to fall into. As Paul goes on to say in Ephesians, which we actually talked about on Wednesday, he said to put on the armor of God. So God has equipped you with everything that you need in this life. He has given himself. He's given his righteousness, his salvation. He's given his word. So equip yourself. Be ready to live this life out that's going to be countercultural to the world around you. But know God and you will be a changed person. So I did something big for me, probably not for a lot of you, but yesterday I ran, ran a 5K. I was really excited. Um, but if you've ever heard me talk about running, I talk about how much I hate it. Like I hate it with a passion. Running is the worst. It's just the worst. I've actually, I've been married 10 years, and my husband Ben has gotten me to run with him like four times. And every time I'm lagging behind him, and I'm like, I hate you. I hate this. Why are you making me do this? I don't run like this, I promise. Um, and so like he stopped trying. Um, but this time my sister-in-law asked me if I wanted to run a 5K, and I laughed in her face, and I told her no. And then she was like, oh, well, it's for this Hope Mommies organization. It's a really good organization. And I was like, okay. Yes, I will. I literally have no excuse. Yes, I will do that. Um, and you know, this time was different somehow. I also had someone keeping me accountable. Um, but also, I, I had a totally different mindset. I set my mind to it. I knew I had a goal and I was going to press onto it. You know, they say running is all mental, and I kind of agree um, because I forced myself to go out every day and do just a little bit more. Like I did the where you practice a little more. I, you run one minute, and then you walk one minute. That one I had in the bag. That was awesome. When I did the run three minutes, walk three minutes, <laughs> at that point, that was like the most I had ever run it consecutively. So, and then I went, then I just progressively set my mind to it and did a little more every day. And then it became five minutes, and it became, became 10 minutes, and then 15. And then yesterday, I ran the whole thing without stopping. I was so excited. Now, run, my run is actually kind of like a jog but also kind of like a fast walk with a little bit of pep. I'm very slow, like school children would pass me. It's fine. But I don't care because I'm so proud of myself that I persevered and I kept going. Um, and now I run a 12-minute mile. You can make fun of me. That's really slow. Um, but I'm really proud because that's an improvement. Um, and it's all because I set my mind to it. I mean, the biggest hurdle was that deciding that I was going to do it and then going for it because I knew I could endure the pain even though because I told myself it's 10 minutes. I can do this for 10 minutes and then I will get there and then I'll try to tell myself for the next 10 minutes. Um, but just like that, faith takes a conscious effort. We're going to have to endure hard things in this life that will test our faith, that will test what you believe, but we know that the end result is so worth it. I mean, what is faith? It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. 
It's having a belief in something that you don't necessarily see, but you know is there. And we have faith in a God that you can't see face to face right now, but we know that we believe in his power and his grace. And so we may not be able to see the little changes in our life that happen, but we have the hope and promise of what he has already said that you are. We just have to press into it and run towards that. I think Hebrews 12 really says it all. In 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So it says, run with endurance this race that is set before us. I mean, do you all know what endurance means? Endurance is the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way, steadfastness, constancy, not swerved from its purpose. I mean, that takes mental effort, right? Not swerving from your path. But it says to look to Jesus. Jesus didn't just start your faith. He perfects your faith. He is the beginning and the end of all things. He is the beginning and end of us. So it says, as we endure, you set your sights on Jesus. I mean, he is the end goal. He is the one who's going to perfect you. He's the one who's going to complete you. He already knows the end picture of you and has told you, and we have faith in him and a hope in what he is saying that we will become in Christ. So this verse also says to lay aside the sin, the dead weight, to step outside of that darkness. But did you catch why? Well, first of all, if you're walking in darkness, you're not going to be walking in light. If you're, if you're weighed down by sin, you're not going to be living in this freedom from sin that Christ died to give you. But it also says that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses because people watch and they see you. And our behavior is a product of what we believe. So they will see your faith through your actions. So let them see Christ's glory and grace as, as you are enduring in your faith. I mean, have you ever wondered why he says run and not walk with endurance? Because running is hard, guys. And living a life in Christ is not a walk. It's not this, like, leisurely stroll through the park if weather permits, right? It's running. Running is going somewhere with a purpose, choosing to press on even when it's hard. And life is tough. I know, I'm sure you have already experienced that that is true at some point in your life. And we will struggle. We'll fall on our face. But then we get back up because our mind is set on Christ and we know we can endure because we know what awaits us at the end and the finish line. We already know the person that God is calling you, so let's run towards that. God knows life is hard. Christ has lived it. But isn't that so cool that we have a Savior who has, can relate to us, who has faced every temptation, who knows and understands how hard it is? I mean, who better to relate to us, and we don't have to pretend like we have it all together, because we don't. Um, so this new life that we have in Christ is not about hiding your struggles, but instead we have to be open and, and, and um, face them instead of sweeping them under the rug. If we're honest and we openly lay them at the feet of Jesus, then that's when the real work and change is going to take place. You know why trials can actually be most helpful or necessary sometimes because when we are broken what you believe on the inside is going to shine through those pieces so when things are falling apart or when things are taken away you quickly realize what you will worship or what you hope for or what your identity was in and what you've been reaching towards 
So sometimes we almost need those things to be taken away for us to understand that those don't complete us and that Jesus really is better, better than any of them. So we are broken, but again, that's the beauty is that Jesus died for the broken you, not the perfect you, right? Because God wouldn't have come up with all of that sin offering and um, sacrifices and all that if there wasn't sin. So Christ died while we were sinners, Romans 5. And so that's perfect because Christ is the one that makes you holy and redeems you and makes you clean. So Jared Wilson says this, the reality of our true sinful self doesn't have to define us. We don't have to hide it, but we don't have to be ruled by it either. And then there is the key to following Jesus, not as a defeated person, but as a person of confidence, of hope, of glory. You are free to own up to your true sinful self because you are set free from your true sinful self. So our messy, messy selves don't define us any longer. We have freedom from that. And through Christ, we have the ability to conquer that. So we just have to run, jog, sprint, however fast you are, to the finish line and endure and press into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, because that's when we're going to see these changes and our final results in him. Um, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll go to discussion. Lord, we thank you so much um, for for being a God who can relate, for sending your son to wipe us clean, Lord, who can relate to everything that we go through because we will go through hard things here, Lord, but we know that you are the one that makes us clean. You are the one who completes us. You're the one that's going to help us um, overcome it, whatever it may be, Lord. Um, I just pray that we can press into